The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Getting you ready for the Labor Day weekend. Hope you have a good weekend plan. What are you doing for the weekend, eh? E? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I know my Saturday is is my big chunk of my Saturday is already taken up with the water polo. You're going to play some water polo. I'm going to watch some water polo. Okay, like be honest, because look, some dads have to watch their kids do something that just is really boring. And is just, I mean, sucks to have to be at. But you have to be there to support your kid. Because that's what great fathers do. Um, Are you enjoying water polo? I do, actually. I think it's a lot of fun. It makes me tired watching it. Makes I, don't, you... I don't know all the nuance of the game. Yeah. But uh, it, it's fun. Because I've always wondered. Because now like, I've got another kid learning it. Yeah. And so it's kind of fun to see his development. I like to see sports fails um, on YouTube. I, I usually like watch those just to get me into a funny mood or a happy mood. And <laughs> You, you and find so, joy in other people's pain. Oh, man, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, I was one time watching uh, a water polo uh, match, and it was just water polo fails. And one guy, dude, just got clocked in the face twice by the ball. I just couldn't get his hands up. I don't know if he had his floaties on or whatever on his arms, but just couldn't get his arms up and just do twice in the face. It happens. Did, have you seen it live? It ha- uh, oh, yes. Oh, man. Do you laugh? Somebody winds up and <laughs> lets one loose and someone's... <laughs> Has it ever been your kid? Uh, no. On, on either side? No, really? No, they, they haven't... Uh... Thankfully, it hasn't happened to them, knock on wood. They need to start wa- like wearing happen like, this football helmets in there because, dude... Taking a, a water polo ball to the face. Oh, those are. I mean, those are and, not soft. I mean, if you're like right up in his grill, and he's like, "Dude, back off! You're gonna get pelted," and he just whined. And I mean, you're looking at like black eyes and broken noses and bloody lips. That's a violent game, Eric. It can be. It turns into a. I mean, and who knows? Most what do- most and, of the action happens below the water. Well, I was gonna say you don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe they're getting like a swift, slow kick to the groin, or. Maybe they're getting to pants. I mean, you don't know what's going on underneath the water. I mean, maybe they're stomping on their feet. Legs get tangled up all the time. Oh, man, yeah. I'd go for the like the permanent. I have this what we call a scorpion leg lock. I learned on WWF. <laughs> oh, dude. And I like lock the guy in. And, you know, and so they're not like, I mean, their head's still above water, but they just can't move. And I'm just locking them in until they submit. So that would be. Like, you should my, go to practice. And are you allowed to do like blocking? Teach some, uh, Teach some moves. What do you yeah. mean blocking? Like, yeah, can you, like, take someone out? If someone's, like, running with the ball, can you run with the ball or can you well, swim with the ball? Swimming with the ball, yeah. I mean, you're. can you block someone out of the way and be, like, you know, like like a lineman? Go swim into them? Yeah, I, I mean, well, no, you, I mean, because you can, like, kind of, like, move your legs into the person. Can you, like, like drop kick him in the leg or something, like a secret <laughs> move? And take him out? Uh, they're, yeah, above the water, you ha- the judges can see what's going on above the water. And if you make too much contact above the water, yes, you could be sent to the basically the penalty. So part. they don't have like a ref underwater? Uh, no. Oh, see, that's where the game gets violent like we were just talking about. Yeah, no, there's now, no and, cameras or refs underwater. So, like, I mean, and so, like, and then you, you don't have the one guy carrying, like, the yellow sack. Well, I don't know what they call that in Quidditch or whatever that uh, game was that we learned about. <laughs> the snitch. The snitch. There, the snitch. 
Snitches get stitches, especially in water polo. No, but they have whistles, and they just are so shrill. Because you're in a little uh, pool area. It's not great acoustics. And when they blow those whistles, oh, it's like splits your ears. So, I mean, what's the, so wait, what, what's a whistle for? Like if they slap them in the face? Yeah, or if you're making too much contact on them, like holding their arms down or things like that, if they're trying to get position or get the ball. If they have, like, the ball, they're going to try to pass it to somebody, you're hitting them on their arm. So, so like, what you are you allowed to a, do to stop them from throwing the ball, or you can't? Uh, it's it's like, uh, um, it, it, to use the term in basketball, it's like setting a screen or uh-huh. um, t- trying to take a charge. You know, your hands are straight up in the air. And they have to kind of go around you so the person has or to, over you. So the person's like facing the water, swimming around your screen. Or you can get in there and impede their progress. You just can't hold their arms. Wow. See, it, it, there's got to be more contact involved to make it fun. Oh, there's, there's contact, but it's not like a f- football. You're not yeah. But, I mean, like, sending somebody to the, <laughs> to, the, to the edge of the pool to get their bloody nose taken care of every game. That, that doesn't happen. And it's like it's the length of like a full. But maybe I'm pool. not watching the the <laughs> high level competitive either. <laughs> so is it a full length pool? Yes. Oh, that's got to be exhausting. Yeah, Olympic sized pool. How many people are in the pool? Like how many are on each side of the uh, the line? Uh, was it seven? Seven on seven. Man, that's a full pool. And you can't touch the ground. Wait, you can't touch. Wait, what? No, it's you. You cannot touch. At any point, you're in the game playing. You cannot touch. So you're swimming. You're so trying out. to stay afloat the time whole out. time. It's illegal to touch the ground, or they just can't touch the ground. Uh, they put you in the. Yeah, you can't. You're oh, okay. in too deep of water. Oh, you're in too deep. Okay. But if you're in a place where it's shallow enough where you potentially could, you're not supposed to, and you could be called if you do touch the ground. They don't have a ref underwater. How are they going to tell? You can tell if a kid's standing. If he's stationary and his legs aren't moving, you know he's standing. Because you're always in motion. Dude, I'm going for the swift kick to the leg, though, or to the groin. Like, I'm taking them out. That, that, I'm, I'm what they call the... Uh, You'd be the brute squad. Yeah, the lethal sniper. <laughs> Find out who the, uh, the, the best swimmer is on the other team and just send you after it. I'm the brown mama slithering underneath. <laughs> Get a little karate chop. Taking them out, yeah. So maybe but you I- know what the nice thing is with water polo, like in in the NBA, you only have six fouls and then you're kicked out, right? Yeah. There's no limit. Oh, water dude, polo. I'm going all out then. So, oh, dude, have you ever seen someone injected from water polo? Is that possible? Uh, I think it is possible to be ejected. Yes, but I need a YouTube that ejections in water polo. Yeah, I'm sure those would be interesting. I got to see that. Um, yeah. So we, but for uh, your normal quote unquote fouls, you cannot foul out. It's possible to be ejected. Uh, but you cannot foul out. I need to YouTube that one day. Ejections. Of, oh, man, I'd love to see that. Oh. When my nephew used to play, he got a little salty once in a game. And Nuh-uh. Yeah. There was a guy that was roughing him up, and it's you know how it goes. The refs never see the initiation. They always see the retaliation. And, uh, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, as the he brown to, mom. He had to get out of the pool. <laughs> he had to get out of the pool. Hit the showers, young man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to go watch it. Hey, so uh, you got some water polo. So maybe I can come with you. Grab a pretzel, watch some water polo. Yeah? 
I you can pick me up. I need a ride. Sorry, my car's full. Really? Yeah. You have a pretty big car. Unless you want to ride on top. I could follow you. We get some bungees or something. Strap you down on top. I could follow you. I mean, your wife, you know, does kind of love me. You know, she thinks I'm a great person. So, you know, I think your kids would love my support. It mean a lot to them. So in the NBA tonight, Milwaukee Bucks are trying to stave off going in a 3-0 hole. Oh, they're playing right now, huh? They are playing right now. It's in the second quarter. They actually lead the Heat 37-33. to A lot of controversy in game two in that oh, series. Oh, man. Wefs, the Wefs, the refs should have just swallowed their whistle uh, in a lot of those cases late in that game. But instead, I mean, the calls they made were correct, but, man, let them play. That was, that was crazy how that game was decided. Uh, so that game's going on right now. It's pretty early in the second quarter. Bucks uh, lead that one. Uh, and then later on tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN, the Rockets and the Lakers. Th- that series later tonight is a battle of two teams that I could not like anymore. Uh, they are or, or could not dislike anymore, I should say. Can they say, when you said that, I was like, he's going to rephrase this. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, one of those series where you'd wish that the somehow the building could collapse and they don't have, they couldn't play anymore. The games. lights would go out. So, uh, I, I don't really care for either team. I don't really care for either organization. Um, I think that the Lakers will take care of business. I'm really tired of this. This will be a referendum on the Houston game plan. This will be a referendum on, you know, small ball. Uh, this will be a chance for James Harden to redeem himself. It's like, can we stop? I mean, they barely, barely got past the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they're not going to get past the Lakers. You don't think so? No. Do you think they make it a series? Uh, I don't think so. I think they'll make it it's just some of those games will will be close because LA does not have the guard play to hang with with how they play but um I think it'll be the Lakers in 5. Ooh. Does even though Russell Westbrook and James Harden are a better backcourt than what you get from the Lakers, is it just too much LeBron James and Anthony Davis underneath then? Yeah. Cuz you're right, they are a small ball. Robert Covington hasn't dealt with it all as much as they were hoping for. The thing with Houston, though, Eric, and that I like in their advantage is that they are up and down really quick offensively, and they shoot a lot of threes. The L.A. Lakers are not a good team defending the perimeter. In fact, Eric, they're really horrible. And when it comes to ball movement, very little rotation, especially from the big men. So if you can get a big man to come up to the perimeter and rotate the ball quickly enough, you're going to find a lot of open looks. The key for Houston is, is to knock down those open looks. We've seen them go... 20 of 58 from three, and we've seen him go eight for 43 from three. So it depends what Houston offense you're going to get. And and, and the, yeah, Is it going to be LeBron on James Harden? No. No. I, 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 think, I think Harden's too quick for LeBron. Uh, do you stick Kyle Kuzma on LeBron? Do you maybe have Kyle Kuzma play more minutes on LeBron? Or not LeBron, excuse me. Kyle wow, Kuzma uh, on James Harden? On James Harden. Thank you. Sorry. Wow. Because that is a more reliable matchup defensively for the Lakers. That helps out more. Because I don't even think Rondo is going to – I mean, Rondo's going to get – Is he cleared to play tonight? Uh, I don't know if he's cleared to play tonight. He was available in their final game versus Portland. He was available. 
I don't know if he played, yeah, but he I'm was not available. Sure, if he's suiting up, I would imagine yes. Unless, because if he if he was available to play and he didn't, and they've had this much rest, then I would. I think you're going to see uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope probably. Oh, KCP. I forgot about him. Yeah, draw that up defensively. You probably see Caruso a lot on James Harden. Um, Danny Green, obviously. Dude, and see, and the thing is, is Danny Green is not a good defender. In fact, I think Danny Green's one of the bigger liabilities on the defensive side of the ball in the perimeter for the Lakers. And by the way, if if Rondo gets Westbrook, that thing is going to get really chippy really quickly. Those two hate each other already. They do not like each other at all. And in a playoff game like this, and you'll I plan on seeing Rondo or see me Westbrook take advantage of the matchup with Rondo a lot, going to the rim, being physical, drawing a foul. Trying to create contact. Expect to see a lot of that from Westbrook. Especially with Rondo guarding him. That's where, and see, again, that's where I think Kyle Kuzma just comes in so handy. So if you do have KCP guard James Harden, maybe you bring in Kyle Kuzma defensively to guard Westbrook. But then, I mean, I know you're sitting Rondo for a lot of minutes if he is playing. Again, I, don't, I can't find anything where he's sitting or playing. Yeah, I'm trying to look that up. I think that he will be playing. I would imagine, because, dude, if he, suited up for, if he suited up for game five, right? It was game five, and then didn't play, but he was available. He's got to be available now. He's got to uh, be playing. He looks like some reports saying he is likely to play. Uh, Yeah, it says he's probable, according to Dave McManaman of the Lakers beat writer for ESPN.com. says he's... Says he's probable. Probable for game one. So I would say he's playing. Not certain. I would say he's playing. Do you hey what I would wait until he's ready for sure. I don't think there's any any urgency to rush him into this series. What's a bigger liability for you on both you're looking at both squads, Eric? Is it the fact that the Houston Rockets are playing a lot of small ball, that there is no big like man officially? Uh, 100% big seven-foot guy playing for the Rockets? Or is it the fact that your starters for the Lakers are your most biggest con- uh, contributors and your bench, like, it really falls off a cliff with the exception of Kyle Kuzma? What's the bigger liability? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Because Houston has gone up against teams with good big men. Mm-hmm. And um, done well. haven't allowed that to really be too much of an Achilles heel for them. I think probably the bigger thing is is the Lakers bench. Really? Because I mean, I if guess the Lakers that, bench can be even mediocre. That's going to keep them in the game. They'll huh? be just fine. So what? How does the OKC take Houston to seven games, even with Westbrook out there? Like what happened? Well, Dort came alive and surprised a lot of us. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was unexpected, and his physical defense on Harden was huge. So I think they had some unexpected things go their way. Uh, they had good guard play. Dort, Gilgus Alexander, SGA Paul, was good, and uh, Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder was good. And that's too. all a bunch of guards that are were playing really good basketball. 
So they were they matched up well with Houston and their style. But you don't think a, a, a perimeter lineup or a backcourt lineup like the Lakers can match that, right? There's no way. I, no, I don't think I, they I mean, can. Rondo I don't think they can match that firepower. But Rondo's I don't think Houston not an can match. Shooter. Houston can't match the 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 talent and and bigs that the L.A. Lakers will continue to throw at him. Because not only can Anthony Davis do things down low, but he'll also step out and hit a three. And take guys off the dribble. So he's not like a big guy that's just waiting down low to get the ball. He's somebody who can create when he has the ball. The other, that's a big difference between him and Steven Adams. The biggest mismatch I'm going to see, like you said, is Anthony Davis below. Anthony Davis is a monster. He's more athletic than Steven Adams. He's more versatile than Steven Adams. He's a better defender than Steven Adams. He's a better offensive player than Steven Adams. That alone is going to give Houston so much trouble. So I almost feel like you have to outscore L.A. Not out-defend, but you have to outscore L.A. I just think there's not going to be a lot of defense. And maybe I'm completely wrong. And L.A. Lakers defense somehow shuts down this offense. But... (laughs) That's a taller task and easier said than done. Well, look what the Lakers did against a really talented backcourt with Portland. Yeah. Didn't bother them too much. Granted, uh, you know, there were some injury issues there. Uh, the Damian Lillard hurt his finger, then he hurt his knee, and so he wasn't really at full strength at the tail end, but they were taking care of business before that. So... Going up against Portland was a, probably a good primer for them to get ready for Houston. Uh, I, I know I've got to go to break here really quickly, but last thing. How many points does Harden need to average to keep the Rockets in this series? 35. Yeah, I'm with you. He's got to score yeah. a lot. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Absolutely. Uh, coming up next on the other side of this timeout, well, in the full court press, the NBA has issued a response to Mike Malone's criticisms about Coaches not being able to have family visit them while they're in the bubble. They've been there for two months, too. Players get get family and somebody else, a, a close friend, a special someone, to visit them, but coaches don't. Uh, the NBA has issued a response and an explanation. We'll see if you buy it. And uh, coming up also, we'll get into our Friday Five Best, the five best moments of the Utah Jazz season now that it's concluded. What were the five best moments from the Utah Jazz 2019-2020 season? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. 435-339-0321 to text in to the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. After game one, Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone was very critical of the NBA. He could see his teammates, or his uh, players, not his teammates, his players and other players throughout the uh, Orlando campus uh, reunited with family members and other close relations. Uh, But head coaches could not, and he was hypercritical of it, called it criminal in nature. Well, the NBA has issued a statement today in response to that. And in part, it reads, due to the highly contagious nature of COVID-19, limiting the number of people on campus was always a top priority. We agreed that players could bring in a limited number of family and close relations, beginning with the second round of the playoffs. No other team or league staff 
including coaches and referees, has guests on campus. We're hoping to add additional family members for other participants beginning with the conference finals. We're mindful of the incredible hardship these restrictions impose and wish it were not necessary for the health and safety of everyone involved. Time out. They still didn't answer the question. So why can't coaches have wives there? Or as my good friend Trevor Nilton said, it's not wives, it's their wife. Don't give them more than they already have, or man. Or close relations, yes. as it says. <laughs> I about said something. Um, it's, it, it was it, a it, deal it made with the, question, the Players though, Association. Man. It was a deal struck with the Players Association. But they, but so they said the referees aren't even allowed to have, uh, but no I've heard that they have one guest. Your coaching staff can't? Your league? So People that are working the scoreboards and ESPN, running the stats and all that, they can't have extra guests. ESPN.com says they're allowed to have, yeah, they're allowed to have one guest there. But he's right. I mean, so teams who get to the finals, their coaches will not see their families for 90 days. That's three months without seeing your family. Three months. That's really hard. Yeah, that's... I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the Utah Jazz season is concluded. Yes, it has. Thank goodness. Sadly. Uh, we'd love to get your thoughts on some of your uh, your favorite moments, the top moments of the Utah Jazz season that was, that now is over. 435-339-0321, part of our Friday Five Best. Uh, we did get a text in. Uh, and I think this one is in definitely in my top five. Um, but one of them is Boyan's three-point buzzer beater against the Rockets in Houston. Definitely in the top five. I got chills just thinking about it. I would absolutely agree. Dude, when he let that go and he got fouled, I was screaming foul. I was still screaming foul when the ball went through the hoop. I was. <laughs> but just watching P.J. Tucker sit there. And, uh, and and kind of look at that Jazz, you know, team celebrating like crazy. Oh, the way he had to put his head down as he walked off. Oh, yeah. Harden was stunned. That was good. That that definitely is up there. Can we can, can we combine that one with his game-winning three in the corner to beat Milwaukee? I was, yes. That actually was on my list. I'd put those two together. Those, those two, two were solid. Boyan buzzer oh, beaters. Oh, my gosh. Dude, if he plays in the bubble, we're looking at, we're looking at round two, maybe even the Western Conference Finals. Okay, so let's let's start at number five. Okay, um, for me, actually, my number five is one similar that five seven six three uh, texted in, saying the introduction of Jordan Clarkson he delivered a much needed boost to a struggling bench for the Jazz. That actually is number five on my Friday five best. Ooh, you know what's crazy? Because in fact, he's well, he's just one up from that, uh, but. The crazy thing about Jordan Clarkson is when they traded and they got rid of Dante Exum, there were some who were like, yeah, we haven't really seen the whole Dante Exum. Well, that's because he's never been healthy. And they said, well, Jordan Clarkson, all he does is shoot. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> that's like, we need him need. to shoot. We need somebody to score because we're not getting it from anybody at this point. So, yeah, in fact, uh, he's actually going to come up in my list of uh, top five here in just a few, uh, a few bits. 
but I actually do have Bojan's two game-winning threes as my number five. Right, Again, number five. Yeah, I just, I mean, those were so huge, so clutch. To have a shooter like that who can knock it down with guys in his grill, that Houston shot was unreal because he was fouled and he was, he had like four hands in his face. Um, and, and, and the Milwaukee one was a catch and shoot. Like the Milwaukee one wasn't, hey, you can have time to square up and turn around and shoot it. He had a catch, turn around, and let it go. And it's still, I mean, it, just the clutchness, the accuracy, the great shooting of him. And by the way, imagine him. He shot 40% with a hurt wrist. Imagine him 100%. Yeah, no kidding. Unreal. All right, number four on my list is the Boyan buzzer beaters. For all the reasons you just talked about, uh, just like uh, 5763 uh, texted in, the Milwaukee and the Houston buzzer beaters, three-point shots that gave the Jazz the wins. Uh, that's number four on my Friday Five Best. My number four is Jordan Clarkson, so we just swapped uh, for all the reasons you listed. Uh, by the way, when Jordan Clarkson came to the team, the Jazz went on a 10-game winning streak. And it was mainly because of the bench. And there you're talking about beating teams like Portland. They beat the Clippers at L.A. They beat Chicago, Orlando, and Orleans all on the road. Went back and then beat New York and Charlotte, but and then turned around and beat Washington and Brooklyn. In a much-needed winning streak, that was huge. All right, the number three on my list. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert going to the All-Star game. Oh, good. I didn't think about that one. That's a good Big moment one. for the Jazz to get two All-Stars. Because we only thought we were going to get one. Yeah. Like, we honestly thought Rudy Gobert for sure was going to get in. We don't know about Donovan Mitchell. Ooh, good choice. Uh, number three for me is a little bit different just for this reason. 99-94 winners at Boston. Mike Conley's game where it kind of propelled him like to being the vintage Mike Conley from 10 years ago. Yes. He has for 13 years ago, I should say, 25 points. And he was very good in the fourth quarter, not just on the defensive side, but also just distributing-wise. He found three good looks, one to to Bojan, one to Mitchell, one to Ingles, all were threes. And all of them were just Conley going to the hoop and finding the guy in the corner or on the wing. Conley was remarkable, and that's kind of when Conley became Mike Conley before that COVID thing hit. All right, we're going to take a break here on the Full Court Press. we come back, we'll reveal our top two moments from the Utah Jazz season, part of our Friday Five Best. We'd love to get your thoughts if any other moments stood out to you from this past season now that it's over. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson doing our Friday Five Best. What were the five best moments of the Utah Jazz season now that it is concluded? Playoffs are over. Regular season is done. Let's reflect back on those moments that captured our attention and got us excited about the Utah Jazz. Number five for me was the Jordan Clarkson acquisition. Number four were Boyan buzzer beaters against Milwaukee and then at Houston. And number three, getting two All-Stars named Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert going to the All-Star game. So number five and four, swap on my side. And number three, of course, was Mike Conley's big game at Boston in the 99-94 win over uh, the Celtics. Conley had 25, was remarkable. That whole entire, that whole entire, uh, uh, in fact, that stretch going into the whole COVID situation. That was a great road series for the Jazz, particularly for Mike Conley, yeah. Uh, what's number two for you on your list? You know, it's it's not the best moment, but it was significant in NBA. Just and you know where I'm going with this. It was the whole COVID nineteen. Like I, I think we're all kind of kind of remember where we were and what we were doing when Utah was playing Oklahoma City. 
I went home, turned on the 106.9 The Fan to listen to David Locke, and he's just, you know, he's kind of out of words, and he's he's a little bit perplexed and confused about what's going on, and, you know, there's rumors, and there's and you're just sitting there just plugged to the radio. I'm plugged to our station listening, and I'm like, what the heck's going to happen here? Like, we going to play or not? And that's when it all kind of kicked off. I mean, the whole NBA, like, nobody really took it serious until Rudy Gobert got it, and then everyone's like, holy crap, it's real. It affected all of sports. Which is nuts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd put that on my five best moments. But I mean, jazz. But I know what you're talking about. It was definitely significant, monumental. Uh, for me, it also re- involves Rudy Gobert, but in a different way. Uh, not shutting down the NBA, but shutting down opposing players. There were a couple of games where Rudy Gobert had game-saving blocks at the end of the game uh, against the Portland Trailblazers late. Uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans on the road late uh, at the buzzer, basically. Uh, And then against the Dallas Mavericks late, a game-saving block that he looked like he was out of position. He repositioned himself, had his long arms, and uh, blocked it just to to save that uh, win. It was an early afternoon game on a Saturday. Uh, I'm sure there were a couple others that I couldn't think of. Those are the three that jumped out at me. Yeah, there was one of them where I think it was Dallas where they thought it was a goal 10, but when you like slow motion replay it, he was there on time. And uh, I can't remember who got beat on the dribble, too. But it was uh, a former uh, University of Utah guy. Oh, was it DeLon Wright? Right, yeah. Oh. Now, there was controversy in the one at, at New Orleans, whether that was a, a goal 10 or not, but the refs didn't call it. Uh, Jazz uh, were able to seal the victory with that block. It was really exciting. So Rudy Gobert blocks and game saving blocks, mm. I should say. Uh, I think you and I are both pretty clear cut on what number one is. I mean, what else is there? I don't know. I mean, well, I had I have not seen your five. I don't need to see your five to know what number one is. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was historic in the playoffs. Like that was that was unreal for so many reasons because one, he was the only one scoring. Two, the Denver Nuggets started targeting him, and I like the Jazz not doubling Murray, Denver was doubling Donovan. But yet Donovan at the top of the key, about 30 feet from the top of the yard, would split two guys, go to the hole, and just acrobatically put a ball in and get harmed. And then go to the line and shoot one. I mean, how clutch he was through all seven games was just awesome. To have 57 points and lose a game is unreal. To have 51 and then back to 40. I mean, like the scoring never tailed off for him. Not once. Did it ever tell off? And, by the way, he was still contributing, uh, finding open guys and whatever. Unfortunately, they weren't able to hit shots. But I just, I mean, Donovan's playoff run is one of the greatest, I mean, just basketball, one of the greatest playoff runs in Utah Jazz franchise history, if not, as an individual, if not the greatest run ever in franchise history as an individual. Yeah, great, absolute tremendous performances. And, yes, number one for me is playoff Donovan. Uh, two fifty burgers. Uh, uh, he had that game two, which was phenomenal. Went for thirty points, but it was a great facilitator and helped his team. Uh, and just was phenomenal, next level, doing things that few guys his age have done. Uh, and so the the future is very very bright for the Utah Jazz with Donovan Mitchell in a Utah uniform. And the best thing is, as we already talked about, they are going to sign a rookie max deal. Uh, extended at least to about $170 million over five years. So you'll get a lot of Donovan for the 
for the next future for the next while in the future, and that's that's something we love. All right, uh, that's our Friday Five Best. Again, love to get your thoughts on that. Feel free to text us in 435-339-0321 to share with us your thoughts about the best moments of the Utah Jazz season now that it's over. Uh, coming up next in the Full Court Press, we'll let you know who's playing where, what's on the line tonight for high school football, and how you can follow along, who's covering the games, how you can listen. Coming up next on the Full The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Maybe play a game of water polo. <laughs> There's a lot of water polo being played on Saturday. <laughs> yes, it is. It's oh, not on the shit. bucket list. <laughs> hey, uh, a lot of high school football games going on tonight. Uh, by the way, before we go into that, if, if you have any other uh, thoughts or moments from this past jazz season that really stood out to you, We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 435-339-0321, part of our Friday Five Best. I've posted mine on Twitter. I would recommend that Ajay do the same. But ours were pretty close to the same. We had a few variances. Uh, But number five for me was the acquisition of Jordan Clarkson. Number four, Boyan Buzzer Beaters. The game against Milwaukee, the game at Houston. Uh, Getting two All-Stars. Gobert, game-saving blocks. And uh, playoff Donovan at two fifty burgers, and he uh, totally elevated his game to another level. Yeah, again, swap four and five for me. Uh, three was Mike Conley, two was the COVID run in, and then one was Donovan Mitchell. So, if you've got Are you- any other ideas on the moments that stood out to you, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Are you disappointed with the way the Jazz season in? Are you disappointed with them losing in the first round based with everything that happened? Uh, that's a good question because I found myself thinking about that last night. That going the way they were playing and the way things the, the, the team was coming together with uh, Mike Connolly finally coming along, I felt like this should be a, a second-round playoff team. And the fact that they didn't get there is, I guess, a little disappointing. But the fact that I'm not disappointed is because they what they did in the first round was done without Boyan. Yeah. John Russell disappointed, yes. Surprised, no. Exclamation point. Not surprised. It's a fair question. I just, I mean, I'm, you know, actually I'm kind of with John. Disappointed, yes. Just because I was, I was really hoping we could, play the Clippers and just kind of see where we measure up with them with or without Bojan. Uh, But not surprised when you don't have Bojan and you lose. Like, after game five, I kind of had that feeling of we're going to lose this series. I mean, even when I predicted we were going to win game six, yes, I was confident. But, man, when you have a 15-point lead in a finish-off game to just blow the series out and rest forever how long, and you don't take care of business. It, and then they get a really important guy back who they haven't had in six Yeah, months. it comes back to sting you. Like, you look, kind of look back at the 13 finals, um, 2013, when Spurs were playing the Heat. Spurs had a chance to close out with game six. Ball gets tipped around, finds Ray Allen's or Chris Bosch's hands, who gives to Ray Allen, hits a corner three. I was listening to a, a, an interview later on. I think it was uh, Tim Duncan. And he admitted that, like, game seven, he knew 
that game seven was just going to be different in not a good way. It's tough to like rebound from something like that, no pun intended, um, and and then try to win a game seven. And like for the Jazz, you lose game uh, you lose game five, uh, being up fifteen, big, and just absolutely imploding completely. And you know losing a tough game six, it's just it's hard. It's hard to come around from that and say, yeah, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, it's disappointing that the season is over. Sucks. Yeah, it definitely sucks. But watching Denver just getting flattened by the Clippers, I was like, huh, maybe it's not all that horrible right now. <laughs> uh, big night tonight throughout high school football. Um, some interesting games on tap for Region 11 teams. Uh, the other schools that we're paying attention to in, in Idaho uh, have some interesting matchups as well. But uh, let's let's start with the the biggest one, I think, on the schedule, mm-hmm. and that's the, the Golden Spike rivalry. That's uh, Box Elder and Bear River. Game being played in Tremonton, or Garland, I guess, depending on what half of the field you're on. Uh, and uh, this is a historic rivalry, the 100th, 100th anniversary of this rivalry. Um, Box Elder has had some ups and downs a little bit. To say the least. underperformed a little bit. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, Bear River started off really good, uh, overcame adversity for a couple of games because of injuries, but then it started to catch up to them. So there's a real question about the health of the Bear River team coming into this matchup today. Yeah, and that's the thing is, um, the question is who's going to play quarterback tonight for Bear River? Is it Josh Payne or is it the other kid who played last week? Uh, if I, I mean, we're radio analysis, right? So we're allowed to kind of speak our mind. The offense wasn't great last week, and it hasn't wasn't great the week before without Josh. I think Josh is the better quarterback. I think he gives him a better chance to win. And then, of course, you're missing Easton Lish for the rest of the season. That's tough. That is tough. Um, Box Elder has struggled. They have other ups and downs. But, look, they only lost by one to a good Green Canyon team, right? Um, I think that kind of measures up to where they stand in regards of their competition versus Region 11. They got, uh, I, I, they I, got I, creamed last week up in Idaho. <laughs> Rigby just cleaned the floor with Box Elder. But you know, they play a really, really good team. They were uh, the state champions in their yeah. division. Again, I, I don't know. Injuries kill you. Like injuries can really hurt you. They can detriment a team. Whether he, I don't know whether Payne's complaining at or not. I have no idea. And I don't know. I, I like Box Elder in this game. I actually picked them to win. So that game is going to be broadcast on the radio. It'll be on one hundred four point nine. If you're in Box Elder County, it's also streamed online, uh, so you can listen to it on your phone. Uh, your desktop, if you're out of the area, if you want to check in on that one, if you're outside of the the regular radio coverage area. But uh, Clint Payne does a tremendous job calling those games. Uh, and uh, that game, again, uh, it's, kicks off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will be at about 6.45 uh, for that one. Um, and so that that's a big matchup, uh, one of the bigger games of the evening uh, to pay attention to. Um, so, oh, sorry, pregame is going to be at 640, actually, uh, on that one. Uh, another one to uh, pay attention to, there's a lot of non-region games that are going on, but I think another one that could be interesting tonight is uh, what's going on with the Preston Indians. Uh, that's a team that um, looked like they were going to be a little bit better, but they've kind of struggled a little bit. They're playing Star Valley, Wyoming. Star Valley has had some great teams. They've produced some coaches that have come this way. 
So uh, that's kind of an interesting regional, uh, geographically regional matchup that's taking place. Uh, West Side is taking on Snake River. Uh, Malad is uh, at Ryrie. Uh, some of the other uh, teams in Idaho, what they're doing. Uh, Bear Lake is hosting Jackson Hole uh, with their, our, our friends in, in Idaho, what they're doing. In Region 11, the other games taking place, Ridgeline uh, hosting Woods Cross. Uh, Ridgeline looked really good last week. Uh, beating a team at a, at a higher level to get a chance to do that again tonight on 104.5 FM with Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger calling the play-by-play on that one. Yeah, um, Ridgeline just took Farmington behind the shed last week. I don't know how good Farmington's defense is, and I don't want to take any credit away from a good Ridgeline offense or, I mean, excuse me, a good all-around Ridgeline football team. Uh Tonight should be interesting. Woods Cross, I remember like in the mid-2000s, Woods Cross was a beast. In fact, even in like 2010 to 2014, Woods Cross was still pretty decent. So this is this should be an interesting uh, game tonight. I'm not sure how good Woods Cross is or where they stand, but, uh, man, if you can't out, if you can't keep up on the scoreboard of the Ridgeline, you're done. By the end of the second quarter, you're done. Well, I think one of the things that impressed me the most was Ridgeline's defense last week. Yeah. After giving up plays – and uh, in in plays that were right there for the defense to capitalize on, they weren't able to make you know capitalize on those. Uh, but uh, this last week they they looked great. Now Woods Cross is a team that is looking for their first win. Uh, they lost in the opener nineteen to nothing to Westlake. They lost to West twenty seven to fifteen, and they lost to Brighton thirty five to fourteen. So it doesn't look like it's a team that scores a lot of points, but um, not a bad defensive team, but uh, this this could be really good for Ridgeline to continue to beat teams above their classification. Again, it's really good yeah, for the that's RPI. The thing, that, that's it, it, that's exactly right. It's all about the RPI. Don't care about anything else, including Region Eleven titles anymore. It's all about the RPI. Uh, another game on the schedule to pay attention to. This one I think could be really interesting. Mountain Crest at Bonneville. The Mustangs really found themselves up in Idaho. Against the other Bonneville, can they carry that same momentum as they take on the Lakers uh, tonight? That'll be on 107.7 FM. AJ Knight, Matt Adams on the call there. Um, I, I'm I'm really pulling for the Mustangs that they can keep things going, that they found a solution that works, and it wasn't just a one-off uh, against the bad Bonneville Bees. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that one tonight on 107.7 uh, Logan Grizzlies, that's also going to be an interesting one against the uh, Highland Idaho squad. That'll be on KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM. And uh, they, they too, kind of finding themselves a little bit in you know improving from where they were. Who is that again? What did you say? Sorry. Uh, Logan's taking on Highland. The, yeah, and it's a high, see, in Highland Idaho, just is, is coming off their first shutout since 82. So that's going to be a very uh, upset Idaho team. They are not happy right now. And I'm pretty sure film and practices were a lot of screaming and a lot of correcting. <laughs> uh, but again, don't ever count out Logan. They well, will battle and battle and scrap with Island as much as possibly can. A nice win for them over a 6A Cypress. Yeah, Cypress. Yeah, big win for them. Yeah, don't, do not count out Logan out of this game. Skyview taking on another Idaho team. They're going up to Madison, heading up to Rexburg again. Uh, this Sunday we'll play Madison, the home team there. 
that will be heard here on The Fan with John Newbold and Rex Davis starting at about 645. And then Green Canyon Wolves hosting Morgan tonight on our sister station, 100.9 FM with Craig Hislop on the call. Green Canyon. John Russell's with them, right? Yeah, John Russell will be there as well. So it's a home game for the Wolves. Um, yeah, trying to uh, continue what they were able to do um, uh, last week. Although they fell short last week, trying to rebound from their loss against the I think Spurs. both teams get a win this week. They'll, they'll take care of business. So all those games, if you want to find out who's playing where, cashvalleydaily.com. Click on the menu section to see the sports, high school sports, and you'll see the, the full schedule, the radio stations, and the links to the streaming online so you can listen to all these games and check into them throughout the evening. Have a great night, everybody. Have a great Labor Day. We'll see you on Tuesday.